May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew 24, 5 through 8. And Jesus said, For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains. Amen. All right, well, I've got my heels on today, so you know it's gonna be a serious one. Before we begin, will you please join me in the spirit of prayer? O Eternal One, it was Jesus who took children into his arms and blessed them. Give us grace to entrust your beloved children and teachers of Uvalde to your everlasting care and love and bring them fully into your eternal kingdom. Pour out your grace and loving kindness on all who grieve. Surround them with your love. Restore their trust in goodness. We lift up to you our weary, wounded souls and ask that you send your Holy Spirit to take away the anger and violence that infects our hearts. Make us instruments of your peace and children of the light. In the name of Jesus, in all of your holy names, we pray. Amen. On this weekend, when our country honors and remembers its veterans that have been lost to war and violence, we are reminded again that it is not just the veterans who are taken by war and violence. Innocents continue to be lost. 27 school shootings have happened this year. And amid the sound bites of our multimedia existence these days, I just need to say, if you have anger, it is justified. If you have tears, they are sacred. If you're scared, you're not alone. You are loved and you deserve so much better. As a pastor, on Sunday morning after a tragedy, I can understand how some may tend to gloss over the loss of life. We're up here preaching the good news. I'm expected to give good news to you today. If I'm asked to find good news amid yet another preventable and disgusting use of gun violence, how can I be authentic? There is no good news there. To say there is means to dishonor the worth of their lives and disrespect the pain and suffering of their loved ones 
who live on. On a weekend dedicated to remembering those who lost their lives in service of our country, I think we can do better than just saying, well, at least they're in a better place. We send our thoughts and prayers to the families. I think we can do better. Yes, we, as a community, just prayed for them. Not 20 minutes ago, we, as a community, prayed for Will and his family. We didn't release a press announcement saying St. Luke will be praying for those affected in Uvalde. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus tells us that when we pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on the street corners to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they already have their full reward, but when you pray, go to your inner room, shut your door, and pray to God who is unseen in secret. The hypocrites prayed publicly in Jesus' time and still do today, opting for words instead of blessed actions. Jesus didn't care for virtue signaling, and neither should we, in my opinion. Yes, and this long weekend we are in is not for parties and barbecues and swimming and cabin retreats. It is a weekend to remember and honor the lives of service people who have been lost, taken. Now, no one says you can't do both. But if we're going to do the latter, if we're going to party and go to our cabins and have a great fun time, I hope we are also doing the former and remembering why we have an extra day. Because it takes time. It takes time to mourn that is not capitalistic time when we can make money for ourselves or others. But it is necessary to mourn. Take the time. Pray. Sit with the feelings. Weep. Let us not send our thoughts and prayers on Friday and then do nothing but party until Tuesday. I don't know how any member of Congress could take a long weekend right now, honestly. With violence once again reaching our children, the NRA met again and touted the debunked myth of good guys with guns being able to stop bad guys with guns, and the idea of meeting violence with violence is not new. Jesus talks about it in our scripture today about how some will claim to be a savior only to lead others to violence. Because we as a society, as a people, don't know any other way to live yet. Jesus saw then, and it's still true now, that we think we must solve our problems with violence. Police are trained to see the communities they serve as the enemies. How else can you justify handcuffing, tasing, and arresting parents desperate to get their kids out of a hostile environment while they stood and waited while children were shot every two minutes, yards away? Our soldiers also 
trained to assume everyone is a threat. Else they might get soft and lose their life. I don't fault the soldiers. I fault their training and our institutions, which ingrains in them that it's better to take someone else's life, someone else's innocent life by accident, than risk your own. I know that there are many rules of engagement that attempt to prevent such accidental losses. And yet, we teach the basics first. Assume the worst. We even train our teachers and children to assume, at some point, a visitor or a student will attack them. We teach them that at some some that we, we well we can't we can't teach them that some people have two dads, but we can teach them how to hide from a gunman. That's okay. We know it's coming, and yet, where are the self-professed saviors with any actual aid to save from the trauma of imagining an unsafe classroom? How can children learn in such an environment as they get out from under their desks? Armed guards at school entrances Teachers armed with a gun in one hand and a list of banned books in the other. These are the solutions our saviors bring. Larger budgets for more guns and equipment for our police while art supplies run out. Our unwelcome standing army in foreign sovereign countries. This is the world we create or the world we allow our elected officials to create? If there is any good news for me to uplift today, it is that we can still dream of another way together. Jesus and his character against all personal strife and social convention cares and then acts. We can honor the fallen by making sure their children also don't succumb to such violence. We can remember the lost lives of past wars by ensuring that we don't start another to satisfy our capitalistic greed and need for unlimited growth. We can imagine a world where instead of arming teachers with guns, we offer larger budgets pay increases, quality comprehensive mental health resources for every person in our borders. We can pivot our worship services to offer a life-giving moment of closure and beauty to our choir, minister of music, Minister of Worship Arts. Beauty amid the loss that we feel. By being flexible, by being creative, by acknowledging and not sticking to our guns, to coin a phrase. That's the good news that I see here today, folks. That we can still dream and be creative together. We also feel compelled to comment 
on the good news that maybe other folks might be offering today. Ones which point to our scriptures as justifying violence, holy violence, holy wars. Romans chapter 13 verse 4 says, For he is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. It's in the text. Imagine the takeaway. If my message today was not, hold your faith, mourn with the weeping, make something better. Imagine if my message was glorifying the warrior of God who finally stopped the bloodshed. Because taken alone, this letter from Paul would seem to say, if you think you're an agent of God, you are an avenger carrying out God's wrath on a wrongdoer. Because Paul was a guy mixed up with our human misunderstandings of violence as a means to end violence, too. He just wrote a lot of letters when the early followers of Christ were looking for a roadmap for their faith. For Christ reminds us, many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Because if we continue on in Romans chapter 13, after the brief mention of God's avenger in one sentence, we hear, let no debt remain outstanding, student loans, it continues, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, Christ says, are summed up in one command. Guesses, what is it? What's that one command? Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Gold star. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That's what the rest of that text says. So if we read the verse in context, and we don't just cherry-pick one line, we see that the avenger of God is one who challenges those who do wrong with action those who covet and steal, those who murder. The avenger of God is not one who murders or covets or steals, not one who moves into another sovereign country, steals their wealth and their lives, not one who kneels on the neck of a man trying to make his community better, not one who moves into an elementary school and commits heinous sins, nor is the one who stands outside of one while murderous actions are being carried out on innocence. For Psalm, chapter 46, verse 9, reminds us, God maketh wars to cease until the ends of the earth. He, God breaketh the bow. God burn, burneth the chariot in fire. God does not send justice and deliverance down in the form of an abuser wielding physical violence upon us. Wars end. Bows break. Chariots rendered useless. It is not violence 
to stop violence. It is another way. It is the way of we who seek community and care. We who hear each other's prayers and hold them. Who follow Jesus' example as described during the death of Lazarus, his beloved friend, in John 11.35, which simply says, Jesus wept. And after weeping, he got up and did something about it. Because he cared. He didn't weep to win popular opinion, to earn more apostles. He didn't send the same formulaic message that he always used when life was lost. My thoughts and prayers to the family of Lazarus in this tragic time. He wept with the family, prayed with them, and then did something to help them, and then continued his ministry of love and care. His response completely lacked violence. So on this Memorial Weekend, I pray that we may be grateful for the community around us, in this room, in our homes, in our cabins, in our playgrounds and schools. Let's be grateful for those we share a smile with, or a hug, or a game. Let us cultivate gratitude for those we share meals with, living fully in the moment that we share, until the next moment comes that we get to live fully in. This weekend, oh God, let our phones be on silent so we might let our hearts be open to the blessings of community around us. Let us remember those that we have lost. Honor those who have sacrificed themselves, praying in their secret silence of their private room that their children would not have to make such a sacrifice and reconnect us with the memory of those who meant so much to us so we might remember to act in love for those still with us. May it be so. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.